Today's episode of the No Fun City podcast is brought to you by Quest Trade. There's a new world of investing where the fees are low and you come first. It's time to switch. Head over to questtrade.com to check out do-it-yourself, self-directed investing. Take matters into your own hands, build your own investment portfolio with a self-directed account and save on fees. Make your money work harder. Questrade is Canada's fastest growing online brokerage with over 21 years experience in the Canadian market, $18 billion in assets under administration, and a nine-time winner of the best managed companies in Canada. And you could rest assured knowing that your money is in good hands. They go above and beyond to protect your account with an additional $10 million in private insurance so you know your money is safe. For more information, check out questtrade.com. Just use the link in the description below. On to our show. Welcome to the No Fun City Podcast, episode 19. Um, got a little bit of housekeeping to do. Normally, we've got like so many different sponsors on the channel and I try to highlight them all. But this week, uh, although, you know, I love all my sponsors and shout out to Quest Trade and all that. Uh, but today, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Parks Canada. I'm going to Parks Canada mug right here. I bought this sucker. I think you could even get them off the Parks Canada website. But if you buy a Parks Canada mug or any product off them, part of the proceeds go back to the parks and Parks Canada and like just doing things for, I guess, our national parks. So uh, if you're thinking about getting a mug for yourself or just any products, I highly recommend supporting our parks and our national parks. And quick shout out to Parks Canada again. It's a dope mug. I like it. It's my new favorite mug. Support I have a lot the park. of them. Yeah, but today we got a really interesting guest and an interesting topic revolves around music, pop music to be in fact. Mm -hmm. And with me today is, I guess, pop artist Dallas Rodin. Hello. Rodin. 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 Thank you so much for <laughs> I having me. I almost said Rodin. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's honestly, everyone, everyone goes with Rodin. Yeah. Rodin. So real quick, you go by your real name because I know a lot of people in the entertainment industry they go by stage names right yeah right? no Dallas is my real name I was uh named after a hockey player I'm I'm from Canada so are you I'm guessing yeah Vancouver yeah 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 totally yeah okay, yeah and, um, Vancouver oh yeah. I should mention that you are from Toronto yeah I'm from Toronto yeah. so I was actually named after a hockey player and I have three brothers we all have super unique weird names Dallas is probably mm -hmm. the most common of them all but it's my real name yeah, that's cool. When I heard your name, it actually um, reminded me of City and Color. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dallas Green, Big which time. I think he has a cool name. And then also, the like, his band name that sort of, like, followed that. It's, like, City and Color, and his name is a city and a color, I right? never put two Did you not know that? I never put <laughs> yeah. two and two together. Oh, my God, that's nuts. This, love isn't that a little music. clever? Yeah, that's right? so clever. I never put two and yeah. two together. Wow. Yeah, so today talking about pop music, real quick, I always like to dive into the childhood oh, okay. first. Yeah, yeah because I, I'm always curious if a person's childhood sort of led into what they're actually doing now. Mm -hmm. That's quite interesting. So could you give me a bit of background about how you ended up just loving or getting into pop music or music in general? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know you went to New York to study uh, musical theater, things like that. But before that was music a huge passion of yours or is it something that came up like when you grew older um honestly I feel like it was a mix of both because I actually started writing songs when I was six and um I got my first guitar when I was six as well so no one in my family is like 
musically gifted or, or talented in any way. Um, so I feel that's like, kind of you to say. I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm keeping it real. I mean, like my two of my brothers love to sing. Everyone will sing, but it was never like a passion of anyone's other than my own. Um, and I feel like I just sort of threw myself into it and I started taking a couple of lessons here and there. Um, but yeah, I was sort of just on my own and I never really thought it would sort of lead into, you know, a career growing up because I was always that kid that was like worried about the future and anxious. And I always wanted to go to school and study something like marine biology. So I never really took it seriously per se until high school when I started doing musicals and um, I just loved the feeling of being on stage and just kind of took it from there and ran with it and I've been doing it ever since so yeah so it kind of found you in a sense yeah basically a lot of people find their passion but a lot of other people it finds them yeah I mean I was, I was always songwriting I was always you know practicing and singing um, but I just I never really took it seriously until I came back from New York, basically. Mm -hmm. So when you went to New York for musical theater, was it just, you know, you know, you graduated from high school and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to dive into this. You know what I mean? Or, you know, was that a goal of yours? It was a goal. I mean, like once I started doing musicals in high school, I was like, this is all I want to do. I'm going to apply to one school and one school only. If I get in, I'm going to go. If not, I'm going to take the year off and sort of figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, so I applied. I got into the one school. And if I'm being honest, I felt like a fraud getting into that school because growing up, I never really had, you know, my Royal Conservatory. Like I wasn't classically trained. I just sort of went with pop sort of vocals instead of this like Broadway-esque sort of vibe to me. And I feel like when you look at it, it could be a, a benefit or it could kind of be a disadvantage depending on the musical you would get casted in. But I definitely learned a lot from that school. Um, but yeah, I feel like it did find me in a lot of ways. But once I kind of re reached that age of figuring out what it is I wanted to do, I knew this was the career I wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. So musical theater, you get that done. You come back to Toronto mm -hmm. and right away is this, I'm going to start like doing my music career right off the bat? Or was it sort of uh, an aftersight of, okay, I did this, I'm done, I'm going to jump into what most people would call the real world and, you know, get a nine to five job. And then eventually, somehow, you led back to music. Do you understand? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was a mix of both. Um, I came back and I just realized I didn't really want to pursue Broadway per se at that point in my life. I really wanted to focus more on writing my own music, performing my own music. I felt like I lost touch with my roots a bit when I had gone to New York just because I was studying a lot of, like I said, musicals, Broadway. I wasn't creating myself. So um, I felt like I lost a bit of my identity there and I kind of wanted to jump back into doing my own thing. Um, at the time, I was working at the keg as a server. So I was doing the whole like studio during the day, working at night, and eventually it just kind of like led to another and I've just been grinding with the music now and that's about it. How do you sort of go about, I guess, creating your songs? Because you're also a songwriter, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of pop artists don't write their own music. Yeah. I'm assuming in this case, you do write your own music, All correct? Music, like, the, yeah. like the lyrics and everything, correct? Everything. So how do you get started in actually writing a song? Like, what's your process? Because I know 
in every industry or just everybody in their personal way has their own way of doing things. Like I'm a graphic designer by trade. Uh, the way I design a logo or make a brand or something like that might be much, like much more different than how somebody else goes about doing it. So in your personal process, is there anything different that you do or are you more on the technical side of things, like maybe how you were taught or trained uh, to write? And then also, uh, how do you go about creating the songs in the sense of uh, the actual topic or subject matter that you're discussing? Yeah, crazy question. Okay, yeah, let's get into it. Hard question um, too. <laughs> where to start? I mean, I first I'll say like, I'm pretty blessed because I work with a very small but gifted team. Um, my producer, Adam, and I are like this. We work very hand in hand with each other. Um, but I do write all my own music. Besides, like, if Adam, you know, tags in and whatever, we sort of are the founders of my music. Um, it's only us. And um, my process, there's no, like, training to it. It's all just with the flow, basically, um, I go into the studio. I never, I never really go in being like, this is the topic and the concept I want to write about. Um, I feel like I kind of want to leave it up to the chords and the beat that we sort of create to sort of guide me in the direction. And um, it is funny because when I reflect on it and I go back and look at those songs, it's crazy how influential they are to that moment in my life without me knowing that I was writing about that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So basically I write- No, totally. Yeah, I'll write a song, kind of be like, oh, this is a sick concept. And then like months later be like, I literally was going through this, but didn't even know I was writing a song about this. Um, so a I lot write... of times the beat comes first for you. Um, like you have to listen to the sort of like the basic sample or track that's yeah. been created and kind of get a vibe of it. Basically just then a you simple chord. chord. Yeah, like a simple chord progression. I never want to start with anything that's like super built up. We keep it super mm -hmm. simple to start. And then I just basically go off with melodies and lyrics at the same time. Um, I find the melodies and I, I hum a lot of random gibberish. And sometimes it starts with Adam being like, yo, did you just say blah, 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 blah? And I'll be like, no, but that's a sick concept. And then kind of go off of that. Um, it, okay. it, it, yeah, it changes every time. I'm, I, there's no like specific way I like to write. I just sort of go in, want to feel the vibe first, just be chill. And then I get in the booth, I sing, I do my thing. And then Adam goes in and produces the track. And if I'm lucky, I'll sit in and sort of be like, I think we should do this here and this here. So I've definitely been touching in on like my production side of um, music. All right. So what are the, I guess, like, cause I'm sure there are a lot of difficulties when it comes to, uh, not just creating music, but being a musical artist, like, like just even, for example, getting noticed becomes difficult, right? Like I have a simple podcast and it's tough enough to even get noticed on a podcast platform. I can't imagine trying to become a musical artist and sort of like present myself to the world. Uh, on a global stage and then also in a sense not that you're competing with other uh, musicians and artists but you kind of are at the same time for a bit of spotlight so what's what are some of the struggles or I guess uh, the difficulties when it comes to actually doing that and then also I guess being uh, a female in general does that uh, affect uh, like do the struggles become more difficult as a female in the music industry or is it a little more easier on females than it is on males in the musical industry so uh, yeah, what are just some of the issues that you run into and some of the difficult difficulties that you found uh, to be, I guess, like roadblocks uh, mm -hmm. for you in your path? 
Yeah, man, that's a good question. Um, where do I even start with that? Okay, so I guess I should start off by saying I've really only been doing this for, it, it would be like going on three years now. So, and I'm an independent artist. So as I go along, I'm figuring it out all on my own with Adam, of course. Like like I said, we're kind of like a duo um, when it comes to my music and he does manage a lot of my business. So he, we both sort of take care of a lot of situations that come into play and, you know, networking and all of that. Um, struggles. I mean, yeah, it's, it's always a struggle. I feel like the biggest thing Adam and I always say is like, you can't put your career into someone else's hands and expect them to just do all the work for you. Like, I want to stay an independent artist as long as possible. That way I can keep all my royalties on like, you know, everything that comes my way is going to me and like my small team that I have here. Like, I'm not looking to sort of split that with a label right now. If the opportunity arises, of course, um, a deal has to be put into place first. But um, the struggle is just honestly getting out there. I mean, like right now, um, I would say the biggest struggle is live shows not being a thing. Um, I had my biggest headlining show in March of the beginning of this year. And a week out to the show is when everything kind of struck with COVID. So I had to cancel and that was pretty devastating because I had planned that show for like months. And we had a lot of booking agents coming out and all sorts of things arranged. And it definitely kind of put a hold back on like the plans for the year. But we're just sort of rolling with the punches right now. I feel like a lot of musicians are all in the same sort of level of how we're having to deal with no live shows because that is like your biggest revenue as an artist is um, live shows. So yeah, I mean, definitely getting those no's back from a couple of people. But for me, I like to take that and sort of put it into perspective and be like, okay, why is this person saying no to me? Like, what can I learn from what they're, what they're saying about my music? Maybe I can take that and figure it out while still keeping my, my music me and making sure it's original and authentic. I'd say that's pretty much like the biggest struggle. Yeah, I was actually going to bring COVID up, but you touched on that a little bit. Um, the one thing that I did find is that uh, your tracks are quite different from each other. Uh, maybe not necessarily in the lyrics, but like as far as the beats and the music. Mm -hmm. So going back on what you just said, how much influence do you have on the different aspects of, uh, I guess, like your career or your music? So when it comes to, for example, even the music videos, they're all different as well. Mm -hmm. So how much say do you have when it comes to, I guess, production value? I mean, I know you work with Adam, um, who's your producer. So does he take over control of all of those factors? Or is this something that you still have uh, say? And I know a lot of artists like maybe are like in like with a Sony label or, mm -hmm. you know, like one of those big, huge labels. Uh, everything tends to be done for them and they might have a little bit of input on certain things, but for the most part, it's kind of like they just show up mm -hmm. and, the, you know, they kind of do, okay, we're doing this. This is what your album cover is going to look like. This is, uh, you know, who's going to produce your songs and all this jazz and you kind of got to sit and go with the flow. But when it comes to you and your music, how much say do you have when it comes to, I guess, the music video or, uh, yeah, album covers, uh, different aspects and elements that are outside of the song itself? Yeah, um, I pretty much have 
final say in everything. Um, and in terms of like the music and the music videos, I would say I come up with a lot of those topics, if not all of them. Um, but I trust and honor like Adam's opinion as well. And we sort of bounce ideas off one another. Um, so it's never like just my plans and ideas for how I want to roll out to go. But for instance, if we're talking about something like Nightmare, which was my latest release, I definitely had a lot of control on that. I knew going into that song how I wanted the music video to roll out, who I wanted to direct it. Um, I knew that I wanted a red and black theme. I wanted to release it around Halloween time. So I do have a lot of say in all of this, which I love. And, and I also have a lot of say in production with my music. Adam, I do trust. He goes in, does his thing, blows it out of the park. I'll go in and sort of suggest a couple of things, but it's very rare that I go in and I'm like, I hate this. I never, I, I think we need to start over. I don't think I've ever said that to him. I feel like he understands my brain and knows what I like, what I want to hear. And yeah, kind of touching on what you said, my music from one song to the other is different, but I feel like I'm building this cohesive sound that's very different compared to like everything that's out there right now. I kind of want to, you know, push boundaries and, and be out of the box. I don't want to just sort of release the same sort of pop music you're hearing on the radios. I, I want change in pop music and, and building a, a, diver, a diverse like genre of pop. So that's what I- Which is funny because I wanted to bring that up. Like, I mean, I haven't listened to pop music since I was probably in middle school or high school. Okay, you, you know what I mean? What do you usually listen I, to? Like uh, hip hop or, okay. you know, a lot of old school stuff. Uh, De La Soul, Hieroglyphics. If it's newer stuff, it's like stuff like uh, The XX, for example. Okay, cool. uh, local band actors. Uh, so I listen to a variety of things. The only thing that I don't really uh, enjoy is, yeah, like mainstream pop is a huge geek of mine mm -hmm. and then um country music for some reason it just all sounds the same i i'm sorry country music listeners like <laughs> i i just i don't get it but okay yeah. you know like i don't hate on you for listening to it. it's just i can't for yeah. the life of me uh listen to that but the one thing that and i did want to bring this up with you too was that i did notice that when listening to your music i'm like because at first i'm like oh pop artist um i don't know if i'm gonna enjoy this but somebody does right but I listened to your tracks. I'm like, oh, these are actually like awesome. Thank these are, you. Thank yeah, they're really good. And I'm not just saying that because you're here now yeah. or whatever. I would tell you, I'd be like, no, I'm just not into pop music, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but in all seriousness, I did notice that vibe. I found like there's this sort of independent feel that uh, I get from, for example, the XX, the same sort of thing. They're more popular now, but when they were independent, you really kind of... Uh, felt that in the sound and the way the songs uh, were played and uh, how they were made and created. And I kind of get that vibe with you. And it sort of opened my eyes that, uh, you know, not all pop music is this sort of, uh, I guess, hyped up and filtered, mm -hmm. uh, sort of like processed sound. Uh, it could be really real, you know, and that's what I got. That's the vibe that I got from your sound. But how much of your technical musical training came into play here. Because I know in the entertainment industry and in the music industry, you know, you talk about things like Broadway and musicals and all these things. And even going into acting, for example, uh, a lot of the more profound actors, you know, they do have this technical training, but then there are actors who come in and, you know, they just moved to Hollywood and then they just ended up getting a role and it worked out for them. But you do find this... Uh, higher level 
you know, when you're comparing the two, uh, between an actor who's, uh, done Broadway, done musicals, and then went into acting into film, uh, they tend to be just a bit more polished. Mm -hmm. So do you find that your technical skills in the musical training that you received, like when you went to school, for example, uh, really did benefit you that much? Or do you think that when it comes to music and when it comes to creating, if you've just got that talent in you, uh, it kind of defeats the purpose of having to go to school? In other words, do you have to go to school to get technical training uh, to become a musician, for example? Mm, good question. I would feel like for me, subconsciously, it it plays a part in my music without me even realizing that. And I And I only say that because... I was training with a vocal coach and um, she's heavily, you know, was training me to be a performer. So she wasn't really training me vocally. She was like, this is how you sort of want to be when you're on stage. And one struggle that she kept bringing up was like, you keep wanting to do these like vibrato pieces, which is a very Broadway-esque thing to do with that. And I wasn't really understanding like the shape of my mouth was dropping the same way that I would do if I was singing like, in in a musical whereas when you are singing pop you're like the vocal palette is at a very different place if that makes sense um so yes and no i feel like you know going to school it helped me i don't regret going um i feel like i definitely now can sort of take piece bits and pieces of what i learned and apply it to you know my stage presence or if i need a certain thing when i'm you know in the booth recording but at the same time you're right like you can just get lucky and if you have the talent and you have the nerve and the balls to sort of get out there you don't need school if you know you're you're gonna make it on your own and you're making a successful career for yourself so i feel like it's really a preference thing um i i appreciate the fact that i was able to go to school and study uh, musical theater but you don't always necessarily need to do that is there a reason why you went to new york specifically um, I, it's funny enough, I actually got into a school in LA. So they have a campus in New York and they have a campus in LA. And um, I went and LA is always, always where I wanted to be. I, I definitely want to move there one day. Um, but I went out to visit and I just had the worst panic attack being like, I can't make this move right now. Like I'm such a homebody. So I was like, there's no way I can do this. Um, maybe I should go look at the New York campus. And when I went there, I felt so much better. Um, and not only that, I actually got to live with my best friend. And in grade five, we had actually written down and like, you know, when you used to get like an agenda in school or, or something that basically you write your homework and whatever that sort of deal. Yeah, we, in grade five, her and I had written down, we are going to study. Um, we're going to go live in New York City. I'm going to study singing, you're going to study dance by the time we graduate. So, and we ended up doing that, which was crazy. And we lived together and we had the best time. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, going back to LA, because that's actually something I was gonna ask you, mm -hmm. was a lot of times people in the entertainment industry uh, will have, like want to, or sort of be forced to move to LA or New York. Like we know those are two uh, huge hubs, like even, uh, YouTubers, I've seen YouTubers move to LA or New York to sort of kickstart their mm -hmm. YouTube career, for mm -hmm. example, right? So how important is it to make those moves? And then also, 
how difficult is it to stay in Toronto or is it any different at all? Yeah, there's definitely a big difference. And I'm now sort of seeing the difference in my third year per se, like in this career path. But um, I feel like LA has so much more to offer. That's not to say that you can't make it in Toronto. I feel like right now Toronto is a hotspot for rising new talent. And a lot of people are looking at Toronto to be like, okay, who's the next big thing coming out of this city? Um, but LA is just a different vibe overall. And my team and I have been several times for like months on end to just sort of go and work with artists and get experience out there, network a bit. But yeah, that's the place to be for sure. Um, I feel like my goal is to be able to kind of do a half and half situation. I want to be able to still live in Toronto, make music here, but also have that ability to you know, fly out to LA, live there for a bit, make music there, whatever I got to do. So that's just like, kind of like my overall goal. Obviously, if I have to make the move, I'm going to make the move. That doesn't scare me now or bother me. But eventually, I'd like to be able to sort of live here, live there, make music in both places. Yeah, LA would be awesome. I wouldn't move to New York. Yeah, you know, living there after a year, yeah, living there after a year, I would say the same. It's funny because when I was living there, I sort of resented it. I was so busy in school that I I never got to go out and and just travel around and explore. I I was always in classes. So, but moving back here to Toronto, I realized like I miss New York, but I don't think I could ever live there again as well. Yeah, I've been there a few times just to visit a uh, few like weeks on end and every time I went there I'm like how do people live here yeah it's nuts it's but crazy I, by by the end of a week in New York especially in the summertime I'm done yeah I'm, yeah I'm done <laughs> yeah it's definitely a crazy vibe there yeah well it's just I remember getting out of my hotel like I just showered everything getting out of my hotel and instantly it was it, it was just so hot and humid and just muggy you know like in 10 minutes my body was just sweaty and like sticky and gross every like I remember every day I was taking like two showers a day just and then you see all the grime just sort of come off of you yeah yeah and my school like required us to wear a full face of makeup all day so as a girl that was just like a struggle and a half because you are just like the second you walk outside you're sweating that shit off like it is not fun yeah, so I, I just resented New York for that. I just, you know, go to New York in the fall <laughs> and mm-hmm. stick to that plan. But otherwise, I, I do not plan to go to New York ever again in the summer. It's just uh, it's just too much. Yeah. But like um, going back on some struggles, because I know every artist has uh, different struggles. Uh, what's maybe, I guess, like a few notes or maybe a few pieces of advice or I guess insight that you could give to somebody who's maybe uh, in the process of trying to do what you do now, or maybe doesn't have the musical uh, technical skills, but is looking to go to school, looking to really go down that career path. What is early on advice you would give to somebody kind Mm -hmm. of looking to follow your footsteps? Right off the bat, I would say the first sort of piece of advice I'd give is try and find people that you can trust Um, in this industry. It's very, very difficult. And like I said, I was very blessed to right away sort of find my team and the people that I like to create with. 
in all aspects of my career because even my graphic designers um, are people that I grew up with. So I, they know my vision and I trust them wholeheartedly that when I give them uh, a project that they're going to ace it. Um, and so, you know, as an independent artist starting out, you don't know as much going into this career and this industry, and you just need to find people that you 100% can trust and, and build, you know, from there because it's difficult and doing this by yourself and doing this independently, even with a team is difficult. So just having the right people to keep you in check and build with them is the right way to go, I would say. Tell me about it. I, I totally hear that because for this podcast, I do everything myself and it's hard. <laughs> it's just like, this is just a podcast. It's not even writing songs. It's not even producing stuff. So I can't imagine the amount of work that goes into everything you and Adam do, for example, and the fact that you have a team behind you, I'm sure that obviously uh, really helps. But like with everything, there are always, even in like what I do, there's always haters, right? And I always like to talk about haters because that's like the most negative, I would say, aspect of especially the entertainment industry, right? Like we always see, you know, what where there could be a million positive uh, comments or anything like that, or, you know, fans, there's always a small group of people who will hate on what you do no matter what. So have you ever dealt with quote unquote haters? And then also like, how do you go about dealing with people that uh, maybe perceive your music negatively or give you like negative feedback or maybe uh, don't believe in you as much or, you know, maybe you, I don't know, like online or anything, if they're like comments that you've read or anything like that, like I, I haven't looked into it or anything, but um, has there any, been anything like that where you've kind of like seen something or just felt uh, negative hate from, I guess, the general public? And then how do you go about dealing with that as an artist? Because I can imagine in entertainment, as you get more popular, that becomes a bit of a problem, you know? And we see, I'm not going to compare you to to any pop artist because I don't like comparing apples to oranges type of thing. Everyone's different in their own way. But we do see it in, in the world of entertainment where, you know, some one day for 15 minutes, somebody is uh, getting hated on due to some article or whatever, right? So how do you go about dealing with those kinds of, I guess, PR uh, situations? Uh, I mean, I feel like there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people who are going to pick you apart and do all of the, you know, the little negative things to try and like tear you down. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm my biggest hater. I'm so hard on myself sometimes. And it, it really is, you know, draining even for me because I'm, it just makes me feel more like vulnerable in, in a negative way, not in a like, it's okay to be vulnerable and show people who you truly are. It just, it can be very draining, obviously. Um, I've obviously had like the one or two sort of comments that, you know, touch on my appearance or my music and... In the past, I would say the biggest, you know, negative that I ever took actually sort of helped me figure out my sound as an artist. Um, I was in a meeting with this one industry figure who is pretty important. And he, I played him a couple of my songs and he's like, yeah, you got the look, you got the voice, but your music's all over the place. Like, and he was, you know what? He wasn't really hating per se. He was just really giving me like constructive criticism. Um, but at the time I was just like, F this guy, like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I work so hard. 
But, you know, reflecting on it, I was sort of, how can I take this and run with it and sort of build something off of it? So he really is the reason I took, I took 2019 off to sort of build my catalog and build my sound and figure out a different way to put music out that doesn't sound like anything else that's out there right now. And that's the one thing I can really say about my music is I'll listen to, I listen to pop music all the time. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the opposite of you. I mean, I listen to everything, but pop music is the genre I would probably listen to the most. And I don't hear anything like my music and I can confidently say that. And that's because I took the time to sort of build this new powerful sound. And it's all because of that one comment this guy made. So, you know, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be negative comments, but you can take that and make a positive out of it. So that's what I got to say. That. Just take it with a grain of salt or exactly. whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which sort of, I, I guess, uh, goes back to your sound because it is quite eclectic in, in the sense that uh, we talked about how each song is slightly uh, different in the way it's perceived in sound. And I totally agree with you. Like when I listened to your uh, songs, I was kind of like, yeah, this is something I haven't heard before in pop music. And the comp- I, I was trying uh, for the life of me to kind of get a feel of, you know, maybe like what other artists you remind reminded me of or like, you know, where maybe you pulled your inspiration. Uh, so where did and where do you pull your inspiration from uh, to create the music that you create? Before I answer that, who were some of the people that came to mind? I don't want to say because then I don't want you to be like, no, I, I, or... won't. I, I, I won't react that way. Okay. Either. So it was a mix of three female artists that I pinned it down on. Okay. Right. So it's not any one of these, but I feel like it's all three. Um, so the first one I got was a little bit of Ellie Goulding. Do you know who she is? Of course. Yeah. Like from the UK. Mm-hmm. Then I got a little bit of like a Lady Gaga kind of vibe, maybe like early Lady Gaga. Okay. Right. Then the third one I got mainly just because I feel like, okay, you're Canadian. And then also not that you look like this person, but you kind of have the same vibe is uh, Nelly Furtado. That's crazy that you say that because a lot of people have been saying that about Nelly Furtado now, especially because her and Timbaland were such a like duo and that's sort of like Adam and I. So yeah, definitely on that one, I would still say, I don't think Lady Gaga and I have the same sort of vocal caliber at all like she's crazy but she's very uh, yeah i'm not i'm not talking about uh, yeah. the vocal she's aspect but definitely like the feel yeah she's yeah. experimental in her music so i would agree with that one too but yeah honestly growing up i listened to everything i listened to a lot of um pop punk and like different genres i definitely nelly Furtado was up there um i listened to a lot of like evanescence uh link 182 Green Day, um, my mom played like a, all genres of music. So I love all kinds of music. In my later years, I would say some of my biggest influences, do you know who Banks is? Uh, no. You should, should check I? her out. Mm. I feel bad. No, 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 not at all. I mean, okay. you should check her out. She's more, she's like pop alternative. She opened for the weekend a couple years ago. Okay. Um, so she's pretty dope. Uh, love her music. She's also very experimental in her production, her lyrics, her melodies. So that's why I love her because damn, she's so talented. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of my inspiration just comes from sort of within per se. Like Adam 
in terms of production, I would say a lot of it is Adam's creativity. And I feel like being beside him over the last three years, I've learned a lot from him. And um, I can now pinpoint what it is that I like to hear and, and the difference in sounds and things like drums specifically. Like I can now be like, okay, I, I love the hi-hats in here. Why don't we try this with uh, something else? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But yeah, I love Billie Eilish, uh, Banks, like I said. Um, I do love Ariana Grande, but she's just sort of like a pop icon right now. Um, yeah. Who else? Rihanna is a big one for me. I love her, just her essence as an artist. Uh, but yeah, I feel like my music's in its own lane. As much as I have all these different influences, I feel like they all sort of, you know, put a little piece, filled a little piece of the puzzle for me. 100%. Going back on COVID real quick, because I, I mean, the we hope, I guess, that the, you know, the most of the negative impact of COVID is kind of like dissipating and this upcoming year will sort of be more of a transformation for us than 2020 was. But moving forward, how are you going about dealing with the situation that we're currently in? And then like, what are your plans for this upcoming year? as far as working around uh, COVID. Uh, if you're not doing live shows, then what could you do to sort of, uh, I guess, get your you know, music out there? Um, this year was tough. I mean, I didn't release as much music as I wanted to, but at the same time, we didn't know what to expect with releases. I was kind of scared to put anything out because it, it was such a sensitive time, especially in those early months when everything sort of came about. And I was just way too scared to be like, what if someone gets offended by this? And, you know, so I just sort of refrained from that and decided, why don't we just build a plan for when things start to settle down and move from there? So um, I would say like moving forward, I have a lot in in, in the plans. I have a live show, uh, a live stream, I should say, that I'm planning for. Um, and we're going to film it as like a live show. And, okay. um, yeah, so that's a big one for me. We're going to do like a live off the floor as well for a bunch of releases that'll be coming out in 2021. I have one more release that I'm getting out, um, on Christmas, actually, I'm releasing a song and I would say like the biggest thing that has helped me this year is I dropped the first piece from my merch line. I'm actually wearing it. Sweater. Oh yeah, the sweater. Yeah, so these sweaters I saw that. that was dope. The yeah. thunderstorm sweater. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So these cool. sweaters were supposed to be um, at my concert at the mod club, but obviously we couldn't do that. So yeah, they've been they've been selling out, and it's been sick. So I can't wait to like expand the merch line. I have I have so much in store that I'm just like super excited to get everything out there. Nice. So you got a few different directions and avenues that you're gonna take. These online streams, because we've been seeing them happen with, like, other musical artists and even comedians. They've been doing, like, uh, live stream uh, shows. Uh, do you feel like there's a lack of, uh, I guess, intimacy when it comes to doing them uh, through the live stream? Do you know what I mean? Like, when you're at a concert or at a show, there's that environment. There's the ambiance. You know, there's the lighting. The music is sort of all around you. Uh, when you're watching it on live stream, it's like on your laptop or on your desktop or on an iPad or on a, on a phone. So the environment becomes different. How do you go about making sure that when you're doing this, you know, live stream event or whatever, it still somehow feels immersive? Yeah, there's a hundred percent like a disconnect in terms of 
you know, being able to be there and feel the ambiance and like the energy of the crowd and the audience. Uh, but, you know, making it feel sort of connected, like for me, I will talk to a screen and, you know, still sort of try and build this like relationship, if that makes sense, through the screen to fans or people who are just starting to hear my music and wanting to get to know me better. Um, Adam and I are still in the works of planning this live stream and we, I don't want it to be like everything else that's sort of been out there right now. So, uh, I still want to make it somehow immersive and like, we're, we're like working on that. So there's, it's definitely going to be a different element for sure. Uh, I want to sort of add different, I want to get sponsors still involved. I want to make sure that, you know, there's maybe other, other independent artists in Toronto who want to join and open. Um, I just want to get the word out and, and share the music. So yeah, we're planning that right now. And hopefully early New Year, we'll be able to have that live for everyone. And where is that going to be posted? Is that going to be on your YouTube or we're thinking, be on a streaming service? We're thinking actually uh, my website. So I do have, okay. yeah, I have a website on there. Um, and we're thinking of hosting it through the website. So I think that would be sick because you know, it's attached to my merch and everything else. So people can still check out who I am and other music if they want to. So I, I feel like it'll be a good thing. Nice. And then they could, you could also leave it there. Like you could just exactly. keep doing them and just leave them there on a, on one of the pages, like mm -hmm. whatever. And people just can go watch it at any time. Yeah. Uh, but is this something that people, for example, let's say I want to watch, uh, do I like pay like five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever? And I get in on the stream or is it just free for everybody and then how does that affect your profits because obviously you know you do this out of love you know I do the podcast out of love but at the end of the day making money is also mm -hmm. part of the goal right yeah, so sure. what do you do in these cases we're, we're still working out price it definitely is going there's going to be a price in order to watch the show but for me, I'm just like, if you support me, um, it's not like I'm asking crazy money right now. Um, if you support me as an artist, I'm independent, like I said. So every little thing counts for me. And I appreciate this beyond what anyone could understand. So um, it's only going to, you know, spread more and word of mouth. Hopefully a lot more people will be watching. And yeah, like you said, it's really difficult right now um, without live shows to be making an income. So it's interesting though because like if people are finding creative different avenues to work around it exactly right yeah. so doing these live shows on your website merch. will sort of like help with that and merch mm -hmm. and like yeah. other aspects uh really comes into play do me a favor if this event happens before we launch the podcast mm -hmm. maybe send me the link mm -hmm. and what i'll do is i'll put in the description of this video down below yeah. so for anyone catching this they could go watch it That'd be right like, yeah. right after the podcast <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i would definitely keep you updated so okay you're gonna do the live show then or the live stream show uh after that if that's successful do you continue doing these live stream shows like i don't know month to month or uh yeah. do you think the plan is to just do one like do a one-off and just move on so i'm planning on doing one big one because i've been rehearsing with my band for the last year actually um, and even through COVID, um, once restrictions obviously, you know, stopped for a bit, uh, we got back into the studio and the rehearsal spot and we were jamming for a while. So we're ready. And you know what? As soon as live shows can, 
start up again, we're ready to tour. We're ready to just get out there. Um, festivals, any sort of live show that's going on, we're going to be, you know, reaching out and networking and trying to get on top of these. So, yeah, I'm just hoping live shows can come back within 2021, like they said. But who really Yeah, knows? you know, like, I'm sure that would be of great help right yeah um even this like the podcast i never wanted to do over zoom <laughs> like early on i mean i had done a couple episodes over skype and zoom and i'm just like you know it lacks a little bit of intimacy i like to have the person in the room with me mm-hmm. and early on i'm like i'm not doing episodes on zoom anymore you have to just come in live like that's it mm-hmm. but then when covid happened like you know i thought it was just going to be a one month thing a two month thing I know. three three months went by and i hadn't done a podcast and i'm like okay if I don't do a podcast now, like, then it's like a ghost town, like, it's over. So I had no choice. Uh, I did a couple more Zoom episodes. And then I just made it sort of open ended. I'm like, you could either come in, or you could do it through Zoom, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I've kind of gone more on the Zoom aspect, because, you know, like, we kind of hit that second wave. But I think on into the new year, it's just going to be whichever, right? Like, however you see fit. I mean, I'm just one person in a room with someone else. We're sitting two meters apart anyway, but, uh, I can imagine obviously in a concert situation, it's different. Yeah. And having like to respect someone because everyone has a different opinion, you know, about COVID and and what they're comfortable with. So you just have to kind of like respect that and, and still try and work around, you know, situations like that so that you can still get your podcast out. For instance, even for me, it's like, one let's say one of my bandmates just isn't comfortable with getting together because of the numbers going up like i have to respect that as as the leader of the band and i I have to find different ways that we can sort of still jam and get practice in so it's difficult but you still got to get shit done oh 100 yeah. i agree with you and, that, and that's the thing that's like the you know the adaptation you know adapting to the situation is just it, you got to do what you got to do right and it's i was just the, the same, way i was in the same boat like three months had passed, I still hadn't released anything, like nothing. And I was like, what do I do? And like, I was doing Zoom sessions. So we were trying to write songs over Zoom, but it's like, the connect- oh, wow. yeah, the connection is shitty. I didn't have like enough equipment at home to sort of get a proper vocal down. It was just a mess. And it's very difficult. And we tried adapting and it was very, very difficult. And like, like you said, three months had passed, four months had passed and nothing was released. And I was like, I need to release a song now. Like now's the time it's summer. I need to get something out to sort of keep the fans engaged. So it's crazy times. Definitely. Is there any government support for musicians right now? Like due to COVID? Um, like not, in Canada? Not to my understanding. I mean, there's something like, like factor is a big, like you can apply to get a grant, but that's not going out for everyone. It's just the same for everyone else. Yeah. So you guys didn't get like, uh, just like how they have CRB or CRB, like you guys don't have. Not for musicians. A slot. Oh, why would they ask you guys from. At least not for Like nothing knowledge. for artists? Not for my knowledge. I mean, I'm not 100%. Uh, not for my knowledge that they did. You gotta get Adam to check. Yeah. There's gotta sure. be something for you guys. So that's not fair. I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. But another thing that I thought would be uh, interesting, because I, the problem is like um, with musicians, uh, you know, like you hear the the end result, but you don't see the process. So I don't get to see how you make a song, for example, right? But I do get to see or hear the end result of that. Um, 
have you ever considered doing like behind the scenes look at I mean, I know, I think I actually did see a behind the scenes clip to one of the music videos that you were doing, mm -hmm. but have you considered doing like a continuation of just behind the scenes following yeah. uh, you writing a song to uh, finishing it, editing it, uh, making the album cover, releasing it, and sort of like showing that entire process mm -hmm. uh, start to finish? Yeah, that that was always in the plans for 2020, but like I like we both know, it was really difficult to sort of even get into a studio with just Adam and I. So having that extra person to sort of film all of this was difficult. But now, like before this whole new closure again, um, that's exactly what we were doing. And in fact, I had posted like a couple of like tiny one minute clips to my Instagram feed and page, just showing like. I myself was just sort of editing and chopping these videos up, just showing how I wrote a song, getting in the booth. But eventually, 100%, I have so much footage, behind the scenes footage that I want to be able to put together and sort of show exactly, like like you said, a whole process of how we put a, a, a project out. So that'd be, that'd be sick. And yeah, shout out to uh, Nick, who basically comes and does all my behind the scenes. Uh, oh, awesome. Where he's Why are behind the scenes people always named Nick? I don't know. I swear, <laughs> every single person, like, I swear, that even one? on podcasts and stuff like that, like, the guy's name Nick. behind the camera is always Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, no, he, he's lit. He just, he's like a fly on the wall, but his energy is just so great. Like, he just comes in, and, and he knows exactly sort of what I'm looking for, and he just sort of films everything. So, it's nice to have him around. That's awesome. And you were actually in Vancouver recently. Mm -hmm. Was that for... Uh, like music reasons or was that for no just it, it wasn't for music it was personal yeah okay yeah. cool so you're just like visiting do you come to vancouver often i try to come out um once a year i have a, a close friend of mine who lives out there and um i'd like i like to go visit her um i also love to ski so getting out to whistler is always like a nice thing to do but yeah, as Vancouverites, we don't take advantage of Whistler as much as we should. I feel like, yeah, when, when you live there, I have a weird feeling you guys just, like, don't. We don't go. Yeah. Yeah, we, I don't know why, we just don't go. I think it's because we do have, like, the three local mountains that are just, like, an hour away. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, yeah, yeah. way cheaper. But, I mean, like, Whistler is globally renowned. Like, people just want to go there from all over the world. So, I feel like we have this super amazing gem of a mountain that none of us in the city really uh take advantage of yeah but also part of it is because it's so expensive it's so expensive it's so <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like it's so crazy yeah. like it's just insane to pay that much to just go skiing or snowboarding for one day but i mean the mountain is endless so with so many different runs so mm -hmm. obviously you know if you're from a different part of the world i could see it but yeah vancouver we we just don't take advantage of Whistler as much as we should. I was actually supposed to go there this month and I couldn't go because of COVID. Obviously. Yeah, I feel like uh, they had, had they recently had an outbreak. So I feel like it's a good thing we didn't go. Because when I was- Yeah, there, well, we were, you know, I was just thinking like, oh, it would be a good time to go. And because just before Christmas, Whistler, like the places to stay is like super cheap. Like okay. you could get a place that's like, I'm not even kidding. At the Westin, you can go look right now. Uh, the Westin and Whistler uh, suite, so like a, a full room with a kitchen and stuff like that. I think day, for a day, it's something like sixteen hundred or almost two thousand yeah. dollars for like a couple days. Uh, you could get that same suite in like November for free, or even before no or after November, even early December. 
you can get that suite for somewhere around like 250 bucks a day yeah it's like a ridiculous jump in price so i think that's part of the reason why i never go during the you know winter season Mm -hmm. but usually in the fall it's like super cheap and you could just go there for fairly cheap so just a note to anyone wanting to go to whistler who doesn't ski or snowboard that is the pristine and ideal time to go it's just during the fall agreed when are you coming back to Vancouver after COVID's done? Hopefully in the new year. I'd love to get back out there. Um, I'd love to be able to ski. Obviously, I don't I don't know what's... I'm not going to come out and ski if there's still restrictions and COVID's going on. But yeah, yeah. I would I would love to come out even in the spring slash summertime. It's so beautiful out there. Like I, w- I love Vancouver. If I could live anywhere else in Canada than Toronto, it'd be Vancouver. It's funny because I always have this conversation... Uh, People from Toronto always want to move to Vancouver, and people from Vancouver always want to move to Toronto. Yeah. And if you ask them, they always say the same thing. The people who moved from Vancouver to Toronto wanted the city life, because there's no real, like, city life in Vancouver, to be honest. Yeah. And then the people who move from Toronto to Vancouver, they just love the mountains mm-hmm. and, like, the nature aspect. But see, I'm, it's a, like, I'm a city girl, like 100%. Yeah. I'm not the most, oh, like... Oh, then don't come here to stay. <laughs> no, but I love the vibe there. Like, it, I feel like it chilled me out. Like, I feel like I am a city girl, but I feel like a part of me is like, nah, you need to, like, chill. I feel like this the city yeah. just stresses me out, like, being kind of one with nature. And, and just have... Even though I'm not, like, climbing a mountain every day or going hiking, like, it's just a different vibe. The only thing I probably couldn't do is the rain every day the rain yeah the rain was because growing up here the rain was never a problem for me personally but a few uh and this goes back to me going on vacation a few years ago I went to uh LA well California in general um and I usually go to California like summertime or springtime so I never really experienced uh California in the late fall early winter Mm -hmm. and we went there and Man, it was, like, still 20 degrees, 21 degrees. I was wearing, like, a t-shirt and shorts. It was sunny. There was no rain. Ever since then, coming back to Vancouver, and then just year after year, as soon as it gets fall to winter and it gets dark and rainy and gloomy, I totally just, uh, yeah, I have, like, this sort of down feeling, like, in my body of, I can't take this anymore. You know, I I just can't do it. And it would... I was fine, totally fine, until I went to L.A. that one uh, fall winter. You know, it was between, like, just after Halloween, like, it was November. Um, And that's the moment of realization where I was like, dang, like, I missed out on a lot of sunlight in my life. Like, vitamin D was lacking for sure. Yeah. So there is part of me that wishes, like, oh, I got to move down to Cali or something like that, but... You know, when you go on vacation, and you come back to Vancouver. I don't know if this is the same for Toronto, but anywhere I go in the world, after I come back to Vancouver and you get home, you're just like, you realize you're like, no, man, this is, this is the place to be. The air is just so much fresh, yeah. fresher, cleaner. Yeah. I can smell it when I get out of the airport. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree. know if you're the same way. No, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, Toronto's always going to be home. It's always going to be home for me. As much as like I, I, like I said earlier, I want to be able to live in LA and I want the best of both worlds, but that's just me dreaming. Um, I mean, I feel like if you manifest it enough and you work hard enough for it, um, I can definitely achieve that one day, but we'll see. We'll honestly see where. Well, I'll tell you something that a 
another female musician uh, once posted on her Instagram that I read. Do you know Likey Lee? Yeah. You probably do, yeah. She once posted on her Instagram. I remember this vividly. Uh, I don't know, it was along with a photo, but the caption read, uh, dream the dreams that dreamers dream, right? So it's like, dream the dream that dreamers dream. Yeah. So it's okay to have those dreams and be that dreamer because you could turn to those dreams into reality. Yeah. Um, and crazy. I don't know why, like that one, like it was just an Instagram post of hers. And I read that and I'm like, that's, but that's not just clever. Like that makes a lot of sense, or at least in my mind, yeah. right? Yeah. So don't be afraid to dream those dreams yeah. because like those dreams could one day become a reality. But going back on traveling, if you could perform anywhere in the world, one place, and it could be anywhere, it could be any whether it be an opera house or a stadium or whatever, but anywhere in the world that you'd want to perform, where would it be? You're going to probably say that's like a lame answer, but the ACC, well, now would be the Scotiabank because it's hometown. And like, I've watched all the concerts that I've ever been to growing up there. So that's exactly where, I, where I'd want to be. That is like the ultimate dream performance spot for me. So Toronto, I guess, Toronto. I guess yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're in Toronto. Okay, outside of Toronto. Okay, okay. I want I want a global okay, like okay, somewhere sure. where is it's not home. It's yeah. out here. But yes, good, like good that, answer I'm on that because obviously everyone wants to. Yeah, I was I was keeping yeah. it real. Like if I had to choose no. one spot, but um, anywhere in the world. Oh God, like I would love to perform like Australia or somewhere like super super far. Like just to know that my music like touch people that far away is just like a crazy concept so I don't know if I would have like a specific place like I just want to tour the world and hopefully one day that happens but yeah I would say Australia would probably be one of the bigger places maybe for me um that'd be sick so let's say COVID ends what would be I guess like uh you know your plans for touring like, would you go anywhere or would you stay local? Like, would you have plans to go to Europe? Things like that? Right off the bat, honestly, I will take any opportunity I obviously can. So if an opportunity arises, I will take it. Uh, but as of now, I feel like building what I have here would probably be the best idea. Um, but we're looking into booking agents. So whatever they can find. And like, obviously, I feel like here and the state. So whatever can sort of jump back and forth between countries that would probably be like the easiest for me and like the most ideal so okay and then as far as i guess platforms that help you get there so you know you have the youtube channel you're obviously on probably spotify and instagram and all these other platforms um where do you see i guess the most uh influence in these social media platforms that helps you uh with your career so for example, a lot of people do well on TikTok or a lot of people do well on Instagram. What is, I guess, the social media platform that helps you maybe perform best? I would probably say Instagram. Um, I feel like that's where people find me the easiest and the fastest. It's also sort of where you can get to know me the best. Um, and from there, you can obviously find all my music. I mean, like everything is linked. So you'll be able to find my Spotify and my Apple Music and all of that. Um, I'm an Apple Music girl, but I know majority of people listen to Spotify. So right now, in terms of putting music out, it, it's on all streaming platforms, but Spotify would probably, probably be the most influential. So 
Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty split uh, between Spotify and uh, Apple. In terms of uh, people listening, who listens yeah, to the platform? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's actually like really close, Fair enough, really yeah. close. In fact, in some months, uh, Apple does better than Spotify does. It's I think that's part of the reason why they brought in Joe Rogan or, mm-hmm. or those contracts recently that they've signed and the video aspect that they want to bring in yeah. is because they are trying to compete more with Apple Music. But I mean, on my back end, at least I see like stats, not just of my podcast, but in the general sense. Uh-huh. And it seems that they those two are like very, very uh, close for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's funny yeah. though because a lot like I feel like majority of Apple Music listeners just roast and hate on Spotify and Spotify users just like hate on Apple music listeners. It's just funny. Yeah. I use both. I don't, I don't know why you have to choose one. Mm -hmm. It's like being like, Oh, forget about, uh, I don't know, Twitter. I only use Instagram. I mean, yeah, screw Twitter. I hate Twitter, but, (laughs) but yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, hating on one social media that provides the same service as another, but they're they're both okay. just equally yeah. as strong and they both yeah. provide this. So whatever streaming service you use is like totally fine. But is there a reason why you're not on both? No, you're I, not I, on Spotify at all? No, I am on. I'm on oh, okay, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, my music's on all. I'm saying I personally just listen to music yeah. on Apple Music. But yeah, you yeah, can find my music on pretty much every Everywhere. streaming platform, yeah. That's awesome. So how how is it working with, I guess those third-party companies because in one sense we know that your music is getting a broad reach uh but in another sense uh do you feel like these third-party platforms are taking advantage of artists we've heard that in the past where they feel like they're not getting enough money for the amount of i guess content that they're producing uh although they are receiving maybe more exposure because part of i guess the marketing and the search aspect is being done with them or for them they have a platform that they could use to sort of uh reach an audience. So uh, do you see that there are more cons or more benefits to using these platforms? For me, I feel like it's 50-50 um, just because, yes, you're right in the sense of like Spotify, for instance, does not pay songwriters very well. Um, so, and even artists, you know what, like even the top artists in the world, like they're not making their top revenue from Spotify. They're making it from performing live so um they've made it difficult in that sense it's very hard you know even when you have a million streams on spotify which is a huge number for a lot of people you know what i mean like i just hit a million streams that's crazy but you're not even getting paid as much as you would expect like you're making four thousand dollars at most um and then if you're signed you're splitting that with your label and if you didn't write that song you're splitting that with your songwriters and it just like the list goes down so the the longer you can keep everything in house and write for yourself and all of that it's so much easier but at the same time it it is like spotify helps independent artists a lot with like the amount of playlists that they have and they make it easy uh depending on how often you're releasing music, you can catch an algorithm and it just like kind of explodes from there. And and even something like TikTok, it's like, look how in the last year, how many artists have blown up because of TikTok and like a 15 second clip of their song just goes crazy. Yeah, So 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a corrupt system regardless, um, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's like, 
it's a doggy dog world. You're going to have to play the game. And like, you just hope for the best that, you know, enough people will start listening to your music and it'll lead to more opportunities like being able to travel and perform live in different countries. And that's where you're going to make your money. Yeah. I feel like where one provides more exposure, the other provides more uh, revenue, Mm -hmm. right? But the one that provides more revenue doesn't provide as much exposure Mm -hmm. per se. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, so that being said, what's next? What's next? Um, yeah. like I said earlier, I'm, I'm dropping a song Christmas. Um, it's actually one of my favorite songs. I think that I've a ever written and B that'll be out as of yet. So, um, is it a Christmas song? No, it's not a Christmas okay. song. In fact, dropping it on Christmas, I find is a little bit risky cause it's actually very like, it's pretty anti-Christmas. No, <laughs> imagine. No, um, it's just, it's like, it's dark and it's moody, which is like the complete opposite, but that's just sort of where my music is headed right now. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good setup song for 2021 and, you know, to see what people can expect in the new year. But yeah, so new song called Sour Cherry on Christmas and then new year, you know, everything pretty much a live stream show will probably be out within January, more releases in 2021, looking to get on more live streams that are hosted from other companies, expanding the merch line. There's a lot planned. So I'm, I'm just excited for the new year. I'm excited for that new start and just a, a fresh new amount of days to sort of unleash yeah. this whole new, yeah, you know what I mean? Like just to totally. sort of get everything out there properly. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we're all waiting for like just this one day, you know, January 1st yeah. come and, and then watch something we else feel happens. like once we sit hit 2021 like okay we're all good right no, yeah. but like that might not happen no of course not. like That's it might why, be like, I still have way these... further in yeah yeah I'm, I'm, right? I'm not expecting i hope you didn't take it that way i'm not like oh January. no no no, no. I, I know I'm, I'm just bringing up another point is like what happens if 2021 is very similar to 2020 a lot of people need to start putting that into perspective and realizing that could be the case because it very might well be and you still need to like figure your shit out like I I, as an independent artist like I can only speak for myself and it's like I can't just dwell on that and be like oh what was me like uh, my music's not getting out there I'm still going to be grinding and working as hard as I can to hopefully get my music out there to anyone I really hope that you know the amount of effort that you're putting in and you know the amount of work that you put in totally pays off and you've definitely made a fan out of me because i didn't listen to pop music and you are now the first pop artist that i actually now can say i listen to and i will continue to listen to i really did enjoy your music and i'm actually happy that uh we connected because otherwise i wouldn't have maybe for at least a while i wouldn't have heard any of your tracks just because I don't listen to pop music. So not only did my eyes open and shed a light on you as a Canadian artist, but also it sort of put me in a position where don't be a hypocrite, Meyer, because all music can be good, (laughs) not just the music that you commonly listen to. And that genre of pop has kind of adapted. We've seen that happen in, I'd say, the last, like, 10 years at least. You want to know something, though? Pop music is just anything that's, like, popping you know what i mean it it doesn't always have to be this like stereotypical like 
like what we were talking about earlier, it doesn't have to be that stereotypical, like pop sound that everyone expects. Mm -hmm. Like something that's even like a rap artist is technically a pop artist just because they're popping at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the part where people uh, get confused, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, going back in that, just, just because going back, like, let's say before the year 2000, uh, or even in that realm, like pop music was a bit of a, a more of a genre it of was. a certain style or format, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, involving, I don't even want to bring these people up, but I will, involving like Backstreet Boys yeah. or like, you yeah. know, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, you know, you can go off the list, right? Um, but now, yeah, you have seen that evolution where a lot of the pop songs that you do hear are a various type of, I guess, sound yeah. or track or style. A musician like it's it's flavorful in various ways it's variant it's not just one style where you could sort of like fit country in its own style and even some country music is a little poppy too right yeah. like it fits yeah. in that category so I think that's one thing that I kind of uh was a little dismissive on you know was mm-hmm. that I just kind of forgot about that genre completely and sort of like put myself in this world where no I need to find this music that it's not known like, yeah. underground yeah, yeah. And like made in a friggin' garage you yeah. know or in someone's basement or whatever but that's not the case and you definitely opened my eyes to that and you know i do look forward to seeing everything you do what is your ultimate end game though like where where will you be able to sit back kind of and be happy with uh, where your com- career has led mm-hmm. or are you already there you know no I definitely have so much more to accomplish um, and so much more goals that I need to fulfill in order to sort of be able to sit back and have that feeling but even then I feel like this is everything to me so I feel like I'll never just sit back and be like ah now I can stop and relax like I'll always be making music um, mm-hmm. but I just want to be able to take care of my family and my friends. And I always say like my friends are, are genuinely like my family. They're all like my core group of girls are like my, are my sisters. And I just want to be able to take care of everyone who's ever sort of believed in me and taking care of me growing up. And that to me is when I'll be able to sort of be like, okay, I've made it. And I, I want to be able to achieve everything off my list, like being able to tour the world and, and say I did it as an independent artist for as long as I possibly could and do it with the people that I started with. That's, that to me is most important. Yeah, that's great. Any last words? I, I honestly, like, I can't wait to be watching TV one day and just see you on TV and be like, holy crap how far people have come you know what I mean and I'm not saying that's going to be like 10 years down the road because it it could be totally sooner than that Mm -hmm. but it'd be amazing to uh, be able to see you for example uh, you know I don't want to hype anything up or make you know set your goals like uh, super high or super low maybe I don't know but something like even a Juno or you know just an award something where you get uh, recognition for what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, would be great to see beyond just the, the aspect of being noticed. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it uh, more than you'll ever really know. Uh, the fact that you even just said, like, 
you really changed my mind on pop music and and you're a fan now so thank you a for having me on here like that even now just being able to sit down when we're kind of across the country from one another and um being able to sit down and actually have like a real genuine conversation uh with you is is so important to me so thank you very much thank you yeah in time and like i mean i'm sad that we weren't able because when you were in vancouver uh there was a last minute kind of like let's try to connect while you're here and I couldn't do it, and I apologize for no, that. I wish good. I could have, and I, I wish we could get done. But, uh, you know, I definitely like to have you back on at some point, like, in the future, down mm-hmm. the road. If you're not too busy in your lavish no. musical lifestyle, <laughs> like, Dude, w- you know, once, once you're beyond podcasts and into the world of, like, being popular and just amazing and all this jazz... No. Uh, you know, I hope to have you back anyway and just uh, shoot the shit about what's going on just in the music industry as a whole and uh, with you again and catching up, that'd be great. But before I let you go, is there anything you would like to say? Um, a, I'll just plug myself real quick. But, That's um, definitely. Follow me on Instagram at Dallas Rodin, R-O-D-I-N. Uh, you can buy merch on my website, dallasrodin.com. Uh, find my music just under Dallas on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, anything that you basically listen to your music on. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just excited for the new year. I'm excited to release more music. So look out for that. And new song, December 25th. But like you said, this podcast will be out in the new year. So the song will be out. Go check that out. Sour Cherry by Dallas. Yeah, I honestly, I would want to post this before then knowing this now Mm. um but the thing is i have two other podcasts one is going to be actually posted on monday but i have two podcasts that have to go up before this one works for me i don't know if i'll get them all before then but if i do if i just happen to edit in time i'll try to have this one up before then um don't even at least like the word gets spread out because i'll be able to just sort of even have this out in general in the new year so that would be good for me so don't rush it anything works Awesome. And uh, for anyone listening or watching this, uh, all the links to everything Dallas has said is going to be down below. Everything from her website to videos and all that jazz. So uh, check that out. Uh, Dallas, thank you so much for being here with me today. This is the end of the No Fun City podcast. Peace out. That's it. Today's episode of the No Fun City podcast is brought to you by Quest Trade. There's a new world of investing where the fees are low and you come first. It's time to switch. Head over to questtrade.com to check out do-it-yourself, self-directed investing. Take matters into your own hands, build your own investment portfolio with a self-directed account and save on fees. Make your money work harder. Questrade is Canada's fastest growing online brokerage with over 21 years experience in the Canadian market, $18 billion in assets under administration, and a nine-time winner of the best managed companies in Canada. And you could rest assured knowing that your money is in good hands. They go above and beyond to protect your account with an additional $10 million in private insurance so you know your money is safe. For more information, check out questrade.com. Just use the link in the description below.